Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 10 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to go say Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and share our thoughts with you, our listeners. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and my brother, Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Oh, glad to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this week we are, as I said, watching episode 10 titled ah vengeful goddess but before we get into that dave shining in the heavens there are five stars what is our first star of the week matt our first star of the week is that this is episode 10 this is our 10 episode anniversary. yeah is it's that like a, a little uh, it's a mini mutant milestone yeah yeah that's uh no you know what it is i just I'm really happy that we've managed to maintain enough momentum that we're still doing a thing that we said we were going to do. I have like a really, as do we both actually, uh, I think, have kind of a bad habit of like, we're like, we're going to do a thing and then we do it for like a little bit and then we stop. But Live in the Die Ranger has been live for two and a half months now, Matt. Yeah, I think actually if you go back and listen to one of the early episodes, it was either two or three, we basically had this exact same conversation about how impressed we were that we went beyond the first episode. I'm still impressed with us, Matt. I I continue to be more impressed I am more impressed and just as surprised that we have continued to do it. (laughs) I wonder if this is what it's like to like work out every day. Where you just like, and eventually you just have so much momentum. You're like, well, I can't stop now. I gotta, I gotta get on that sort of, I gotta get on that working out train. I gotta do that. I was gonna say, I mean, if either of us knew that, you would. You actually used to work out every day. I did. I did. I used to work out a lot, actually. Uh, And it does very much feel that way, as I recall. It's been, do you realize it's been almost a decade since I graduated from college, like my 10 year anniversary is next year. Yeah, that's one of those things madness. that I realize, but try to not think about. It, it's really strange. Cause like, you're like, oh yeah, I graduated a few years ago. Like, oh yeah, I graduated five years ago. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, it's the 10 year mark. You know what it, you know, it's like, oh, I graduated a decade ago. Yeah. And the thing is that like, okay, so. I graduated not quite that long ago. I'm a year younger than you, but like it doesn't seem like that long ago. It doesn't. And the thing that worries me about that is that by that same logic, 10 years from now is not that long from now, and that's what bugs me. Well, you know what's weird? Think about it, think about it this way, though, Matt. If you said just like, oh, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's been 10 years since I graduated from college, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it really doesn't. But then think about being in college. Like, think about, you know what I mean? Like, think about how how um, how much that was a lifetime ago. Yeah, like, I, I mean, in some ways it really was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is, I, I think I have a benefit in this regard because I work with high school kids. You know, you know like, I'm a teacher, right? And uh, you, you sit and you think and you're like, gosh, man, I'm 32. I mean, I'm 32. Like, gosh, I'm 32. It just doesn't, maybe it doesn't even seem that long ago that I was in high school. Am I really that different? And then you talk to a high school kid and you're just like, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a lot different. Yeah, no, I'm way different. I realize, I hope, I, you know, 
And then I think about, because I see them do something stupid, because that's what teenagers spend like 90% of their day doing, um, is something stupid. Uh, and so I see them do something stupid, or like I hear them say something, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, was I ever? And then I think back and realize that like I almost certainly had like that exact same conversation. Oh, sure. Like, Right, and then it's like you gotta burn through all those bad conversations early on to get to the good ones later. Jeez, man, I hope so. I don't know. I feel like my life is pretty full of good conversations, so maybe there's something to that. Yeah, but a decade ago, man, I graduated from college. But this is, uh, yeah. So episode ten, man, I I'm really I'm psyched. It's been very exciting. That also means that we are one after this episode, we will be one fifth of the way through Die Ranger. Dang, man, that's true. So, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to start thinking about what comes next. We want to do uh, Dude, Where's My Car Ranger. Uh, Ooh, that would be good. We bought a Zoo Ranger. uh, Time After Time Ranger. If you can think of good names, really Super Sentai related puns. Because that's really, I think, where the drive comes. I think we came up with Live and Let Die Ranger, and then everything's... Sort of flowed from that, right? Oh, yeah. The name came first, and then we decided that it should be a podcast. Yeah. So, Live and Let, <laughs> Live and Let Die Ranger. What, it's Under the Tuscan Sun, Vulcan. Yeah, there's uh, Under the... Dude, where's my car ranger? Uh, we bought a Zhu Ranger. Oh, very good. Uh, let's see. Time After Time Ranger. See, I don't know all the titles. Uh, Jetman Radio Future. Dude. Jet Set Radio was a fantastic game. Um, dang, that was a good game. Oh, I, I loved that it. in ages. Yeah, I think I still have a Dreamcaster on someplace. Really? Yeah, like buried. I have a PS2. Uh, I don't have any cords for it. I have like the box itself. I don't know. There's probably mice living in it. Like the dust mites have evolved. They have a tiny society. It's now. possible. I don't know why I'm surprised. I have a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo, an N64, a GameCube. Dang, and- dude. Yeah, I, I, I got it all, if by all you mean exclusively <laughs> Nintendo consoles. I, um, I, I got to get a new system, actually. I'm, I've got a 360. I've been very happy with it. But I think I'm going PS4. They sound like they've got a lot of like peripheral stuff that I've I want. I've heard a lot of good things. Yeah, me too. Um, actually, the ed- Mark, the editor of our show, has mentioned this, that uh, that he is, he is really digging the PS4. Um Actually, speaking of video games, Matt, I do have a uh, my. It's my second star. I know we normally alternate, but if you don't mind, I'll just. Oh yeah, go for it. I'll just launch right in. Dude, I've been playing Destiny, the new. Um, it's a shooter. Yeah, it's a shooter. It's an FPS, but the new FPS from Bungie, and it is crazy fun. Like it's super duper fun. Tell me about it. It's um, you know what's weird is I there's I don't actually have a whole lot to tell you. It's really okay. First, in a vague way, let me describe the game. It's like all the fun of Fantasy Star, Fantasy Star Online, which is apparently a mouthful to say, uh, without any of like the tedious. I find the stuff that I find tedious, like Japanese stuff, like where you have to go back to the same world ten times to level up your. Right, Dad. it's like, and you gotta like feed it. Like they somehow got like a Tamagotchi game in there. What's up? Just talking about being old. Tamagotchi reference. Anyways, you gotta like feed your pet, and if you don't do it like exactly right, you're gonna go and play. And like all of like the super nerds 
who are listening to this show and also love Fantasy Star Online are like, that's the best part is sitting with your, I think they're called mags, right, in Fantasy Star? Like sitting with your mag and making sure you got the exact right thing. I just find it super tedious um i just don't have the brain space for that sort of thing anymore i just, yeah i just don't dude i don't I say any more to i like, never try did. to pretend as though at one point i did have the brain space for it i no, never did i did not it was just like as soon as i had to get out like an faq to like do like the exact right i was done i'm not an accountant i majored in english any video um, game that requires a chart i'm ultimately not interested in that's i will i will say that it's true with the exception of um oblivion elder scrolls elder scrolls oblivion i did keep a little notebook you may recall like making sure that i leveled up my dude like exactly right but oh, that, that's i think just because that really... game was broken to yeah yeah, yeah. it's because there was a massive design flaw in the game <laughs> um but destiny's super fun i'm a guy i'm a warlock I'm, I'm like a space warlock and i'm like running around and shooting dudes and that's super cool there's now, all Dave, sorts when you of- say you're a space warlock, do you mean that you are a techno-organic being that uh, is like best self-friends with Doug Ramsey? If only I could say that, Matt, but I'm afraid I can't. Um, good pull, by the way. New Mutants Forever. Yeah, dang. That was a good book. Um, no, it's uh, I have like magic-y powers, I guess. I'm not totally sure. There's no, in the style of like modern games, there's no manual at all like there's no there's no manual there's no manual and there is no like uh there's no walkthrough or there is a walkthrough but the whole game is a walkthrough like i have access there's stuff in my inventory i have no idea what it's there for yet i'm like level 10 and i have no idea what's going on with maybe like a third of the game and they never explain it they just kind of like you just sort of do it, and then you're like, oh, it's actually a very clever design. But you're just like, oh, oh, okay, that's what that thing must do. Like, that must be the point of that thing. Okay. But they never actually tell you what it is. Man, I miss the book that used to come with games. Honestly, I miss the manual that used to come with everything. Like, I just got a blender, and it came with, like, a booklet. You know, like, oh, this is oh, how yeah. you use your blender. And it was really thick, and I was excited. I was really excited about reading my blender manual to figure out all, like, the tips and tricks. And Dude, I got, like, three pages are... in, and then I realized that the rest of it was just the next three pages again in increasingly difficult languages. Oh man. It's like, okay, these are how the buttons work. And then in Spanish, and then in French, and then in German, and then in Russian, and then in Dutch, and then in Japanese. And it just, <laughs> by the end of it, I was just so disappointed. <laughs> Matt, that's how video game manuals gotta... are. Like, they'll show you the controls, and then you're excited to turn to the next page to see some, like, cool box art. And then it's just those same controls, but upside down and in French, because I was supposed to, like, flip the book around. <laughs> Matt, dude, Matt, we gotta watch out, dude. We have had two stars in the last two weeks. We're like, let me tell you about shoehorns and how great instruction manuals are. Oh, dude, okay. we gotta, let me, we gotta let me, watch it, man. Let me go out to the third star because my third star is that I'm worried that I'm slowly descending into madness. <laughs> Okay, because I told you a few weeks ago <laughs> that one of my stars was that I had been starting to take the bus to work, right? Right. Yeah, so cause... I have transitioned now from a guy who takes the bus to work to a guy whose car is basically so broken that he only leaves the house to take 
the bus to go to work and come back home. Dude, Matt, I got. I listen. I recognize that you now feel that your car is too broken to drive. Let me just lay some. Let me just bring some truth to your life. That car has been too jerking to, broken to drive for a long time. Okay, any it, car that stalls out as a result of making a right hand turn should not be on the road. Okay, it wasn't all right hand turns. It had a lot to do with the pitch of the road. And I could usually figure it out, and then you just knocked it into neutral and started it back up while the car was still rolling, put it back into drive, you were totally fine. Matt, that is not a skill you should need to have. Okay. So now, not only is my car too broken to drive, it is too broken to fix. Which is really the the threshold that we've crossed. I'm completely losing it over here. Okay. So... (laughs) So, uh, I, I'm now just a guy who lives at home, and that's what I do. Okay. <laughs> and what happens when that goes down is a few things sort of in progression. First, uh, you clean more often because you have to look at it. Like, okay. I do the no, dishes a lot more sense. often. I've swept, I've mopped, you know. I, I, all right, that's a positive. I no longer keep all of my clothing in, like... A series of piles around my bed. Um, they they now have places to live, and they're in the closet, and everything's cool because now I have to look at them for more than ten minutes in a day. Okay, right? Matt, that's not Matt. That's not. Let me just comfort you for a moment. That's not insanity. You're growing up. No, 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 Dave. <laughs> that, that this is just the first step. <laughs> the first step is responsibility. Okay. The second step is when you start to twist it. Because then I start looking at all my stuff like, man, why do I still have this? I don't need this anymore. Wait, by all your stuff, what do you mean? Do you mean like like clothes? Or uh, like clothes, furniture, uh, childhood memories. <laughs> Just like, what the heck is a memento from my childhood? Garbage. And, and then you start thinking like, well, what do I really need? Like, oh... I need more. Okay, this is an actual thing that I thought today. This was okay. a, a legitimate distinction that I made between two things in my mind and like started to pull out a list <laughs> to take action on. I decided that I had too many knickknacks and not enough decorations. <laughs> dude, Matt. Yeah, dude, he got to get out a little more. He got to buy a cup. Like my curio cabinet is stocked. My walls are bare. I don't know what to do, Dave. Can I just point out the delight? <laughs> you are a twenty, a thirty-year-old single male, uh, who has a curio cabinet. <laughs> Listen, it's built in. I had no choice in the matter. Okay, so that is star one. <laughs> that's star three, Matt. Oh, um, that's I'm sorry. That's my star one. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so, so third star is your growing madness. Uh, Fourth star is that I've sort of connected to the third star. I've really been thinking about making a plan for Cyber Monday this year. Okay. Right on. You know, I keep meaning to like, I'm torn. I'm torn on like Cyber Monday slash Black Friday. Like I want those deals. I want them so badly. Can't resist a good bargain. I feel less um, soulless about Cyber Monday. That's the thing. It's Black Be- Friday. It's, oh, it's so awful. Well, and I, and you were never a retail man, but I worked retail for years. And let me tell you, Black Friday is, 
it's like Verdun for retail people. Oh, dude, it's it's bad for restaurants too. If Black Friday is like Verdun, then restaurants are like I don't know wherever people that were horribly wounded in Verdun went. Yeah, like that is where people who are already broken from Black Friday go to try to right. recuperate. Yeah, but like we were, you know, we were on, on the front in lines, the trenches, in the right. trenches, like you know, mortars, you know, whatever. It was, it's bad. It's bad is the point. You know, as bad as retail work could be, which is you know not actually the same category as trench warfare. I'll, <laughs> I will admit to that. <laughs> I have matured to the point where I am willing to give that to uh, the the brave soldiers of World War One. Um, but I don't think Monday, you need to worry about, about, about because I just go online and pay less money for something. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a really good point. Maybe I could get a maybe that's what I'll get a PS4. It sounds good. Yeah, like I'm 30 and I don't own a printer. I should have oh, a printer. Yeah. No, you should. You should. I do own a printer. I just never use it because it's not. Anyways, yeah, no, that sounds like a really good. I think you should do that. Um, if you find anything, actually, you know what you should really do. Is you should get Mark to help you construct a plan for, for Cyber Monday. I, man, he already does enough with editing this podcast. He doesn't also need to like help me put together a shopping list. <laughs> it's I don't he seems to really dig it. Not I mean, maybe he does it, but he seems Mark loves to cyber hunt, I think. I get that sense. He talks about it. So maybe maybe I don't know, ask him. All right. Well, we'll we'll I think you're asking, that. We're actually we'll we're asking him later right now because he will listen to this and then he will know that that's a thing. Uh, we will revisit that later in the month and we'll see if I've made <laughs> any progress on it. But uh, do you have anything else? Because I have another thing. If you don't, um, I've been watching Blacklist. Okay, which is it's like a year old at this point, but that's how I watch TV. I oh yeah, catch it, I either catch it right when it's on because on Hulu, or I watch it like a year later when it hits Netflix. But it's not really a star. It's just a fantastic TV show. So if you've got something, go for it. But if you're not watching Blacklist, you should, you're not. But listeners, if you're not watching Blacklist, you should totally watch Blacklist. It's really good. Uh, no, I haven't been watching it because I do the same thing I do uh, that you do. Basically, if I don't see it right when it comes out, and I do the same with movies. Like, if I don't see it opening weekend, yeah, I I'm probably not going to see it for the next two years. Can we talk about how disappointed I was that uh, apparently the Dracula movie, Dracula Untold, was kind of hot garbage? I was really bummed out about that. I super wanted it to be like it looked. The preview looked so cool. I don't know. I that really is a bummer. I would not say it is a surprise. Uh, that's fair enough. All right. So, anyways, you you had a fifth star, man. Go for it. Although apparently, you know, whatever. We'll just talk about Dracula for a second, and then we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> and that'll be the fifth star. Fifth star, a movie that neither of us saw. What I understand <laughs> about Dracula Untold is that it's actually the first movie in like a Universal Monsters reboot franchise that's eventually going to become like the avengers but with dracula and frankenstein what Uh, okay that actually redeems it a lot in my mind so i don't know if that actually means those movies are going to be good or if they're just going to exist i don't know you know what i'll rent it i'll rent it when it hits um what do you call it amazon i'll rent it when it hits amazon uh yeah so let's just call that the fifth star um sure. <laughs> because <laughs> we should really fifth get on star dracula untold was terrible um or so we assume well actually okay i will say one funny thing the the best review i saw of dracula was that somebody was like i kept waiting 
for my turn at the controls. Like, I kept waiting for my turn to play the game. Or for the screen to flash, like, press Y! Yeah, (laughs) right. I was waiting for, like, the quick time event when Dracula, like, murders a guy. So, but I'm going to rent it. I still think it looks pretty fun. Okay, so those are our five stars of the week. Yeah. uh, More or less. Um, we are gonna, let's, we could call that four and a half. I would uh, feel bad calling that a full fifth star. Uh, yeah, I think dishonest somehow to our own standards. Well, we had an extra half star last week, so it all balances out. There you go. Um, so that's it for the five stars. We are going to take a quick break and watch episode 10, Ah, Vengeful Goddess, and we will be right back with you in a minute. There you are. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 10 of Live and Let Die Ranger, Ah, Vengeful Goddess. Uh, Dave, why don't you hit us with a quick recap and we'll go on from there. Yeah, no sweat. So it's uh, it's a story about Kujaku, who we met last episode. And it is a little bit of her history. And we find out that she is, in fact, a vengeful goddess, which we didn't know before, but we do know now. And she is getting revenge against Skara. And there's a monster there who kind of doesn't matter. And then the episode ends. It's sort of it. It's a yeah. weird. It's a weird episode. Yeah, it is because the- it's a direct follow up to last week's episode, but it, it doesn't feel like they had quite enough stuff to actually fill the episode this week. Yeah, I feel like they had like one and a half episodes, and they were just like, "Well, we got to make two. Let's pad and it then- out with this." Yeah, cherry the monster is really Vicant. not like. Is it Vicant? Is that uh, if you're a, a hoity-toity Frenchman? Yeah, well, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, if he, well, I well no, it, it isn't actually. If it was French, it would be vicomte, like v. Uh, but it's viscount. If you are an English speaker, I'm comfortable with either. I'm frankly comfortable with uh, as sort of hoity-toity as I can make it sound. No, I can dig that. And you know something interesting uh, regarding like noble titles is everybody knows that there's a prom and homecoming, king and queen, right? Sure. What most people do not know, or at least people that have not been in high school or are not currently in high school know, is that there are like equivalent positions for anybody who is not a senior. So like if you are a junior, you can be a duke or duchess. Really? That, yeah. You can be a duke or duchess, and then I think a, a v- I think I Do you think get to be a Vicount? Count. I think you're a count. Wow. Yeah, there's like homecoming. No, what is it? It's like king and queen, duke and duchess. The baron of homecoming. And then there's something else. And then I think it must be duke and... No, it must be count. Count and countess. If you're a, you know, if you're a, what do you call it? If you're a sophomore. And then, no, it's not duke and... Or it's not baron and baroness, which was a real bummer. It's just lord and lady, which I think is really lame. Well, that just makes me feel like you're at the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, it's not nearly as cool if it was Baron and Baroness. But I was actually impressed that they do it. You know, it's just like, yep, King and Queen and then Duke. No, 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 I'm sorry what it is. Is it goes King and Queen, Prince and Princess if you're a junior, and then Count, Duke, and Duchess if you're a sophomore, and then it jumps right down to Lord, which you really, you're skipping, you're skipping a lot, you know? Like you skipped Count, and then you also skipped a Baron, and then knight and dame, I guess you could also be, like homecoming knight, and then right down to lord. I like to think that there's like a separate sub-prom that's happening in like the boiler room where people <laughs> right. are declaring themselves to be like the vicomte of whatever township you're in. You know, man, I am sure that that 
happens somewhere. <laughs> I really like, do hope so because that's just like the uh, gaming. The gaming club gets together and are like, "No, we will elect our own upcoming <laughs> representatives, and we will follow the correct." I whatever. am Lord Protector of Room Three Hundred Four. <laughs> I actually do. This is amazing. Um, a kid in my class, I, I may have mentioned her before. I think it's a star, actually, that it's like this freshman girl, and she's like running Dungeons & Dragons, which I think is super cool. Oh, yeah. But she shows up, and she had on a like a jeweled like wireframe prosthetic elf ear. Okay. Like, it was like an earring that was just sitting, you know, not an earring, but like it was an ear decoration that was like sitting on top of her ear that was made in like wireframe with like baubles on it. And it was shaped like an elf ear. And I was like, is that, is that just like a fake elf, a jeweled elf ear? And she's like, yeah, my friend made it for me. And I was like, I, I do, like I don't want to be 14 again, obviously, because I can't think of anything more terrible than that. Sure. But I would be very interested to, like, meet these people when they're older. Like, I feel like we would be really good friends. You know, I sometimes think when I'm just, like, out shopping that the sort of stuff that exists now that panders to nerd culture, if that stuff was around when I was 14 or 15, like, I would have had no money at all. Because back in the day, if you wanted to get, like, a Green Lantern t-shirt, which I had... You had to like go to the mall and go to Hot Topic and hope that they had something that was that's, in your yeah, size and had. deal with the fact that you had to listen to the music that was playing at Hot Topic. Oh, and talk oh, Hot Topic. Um, but just... now you like go to Target and they have like sweet Nick Fury Agent of Shield t-shirts. <laughs> I do that. I go to Target and buy. I don't have a Nick Fury. Do you have a Nick Fury shirt? No, Is I don't because actually... I don't wear t-shirts anymore. Oh, well, so I still wear t-shirts. Not like all the not all the time, but I definitely do still wear t-shirts. Okay, so this has been our talk on the uh, the Vicon uh, cherry blossom. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably all the talk that he's going to get, frankly. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's so go back op- to scene one. Yeah. So we open up with okay. So it's Kujaku and Daigo just hanging out alone in a field. It it looks like it's like a bird sanctuary because there's definitely like a birdhouse like up on a pole or something. Yeah, there's a couple of so like think parrots or macaws. There's a turkey walking around. The turkey really threw me off because at first I was like, because I don't, you know, I'm not like a bird guy. I mean, I don't know. I guess I could be, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not like a bird guy. So I'm not like, oh, dude, I don't know. Maybe there are macaws in Japan, like the Japanese macaw. I don't know. But then I saw a turkey, and I was like, there are definitely not turkeys in Japan. I know that for a fact. Yeah, no, I feel pretty comfortable about that knowledge. Um, Yeah, so they seem to be at... Oh, dude, I'm so looking forward to Thanksgiving. I'm really... I don't know why you only eat turkey once a year. Like, I think because that's the time of year that it's around. No, that's not true. You can kind I mean, that's when it's easily available. But like, you can absolutely get turkeys all year. And we just only eat them once a year, which is crazy because turkeys are delicious. Anyway, so there's a turkey, so it's clearly at some sort of like reserve or something. I don't know exactly what, but it's not like they're not just like hanging out in the woods with birds. Is the point? And so Daigo and Kuchiku are hanging out. Um, Daigo is like petting a rabbit, like sitting next to a bed of flowers. I think so. It's very peaceful. Um, they're enjoying each other's company, and then the camera cuts to a 
I think it's like a palm tree. And standing Something. next to it are the other four Die Rangers, and they are just straight like <laughs> Muppet babiesing, like like one head peeked out over the other head around the corner of this tree, spying on Daigo and Kujiku, right. which they're just like just straight creeping. Like there's no there's no reason to be there. There's no reason rather for them to be there. They are just like. And the weird thing is they're talking about like, oh, like she's so beautiful and gentle. And then one of them, I think it was uh, Kazu, says she's nothing like Daigo. And that is a load of malarkey because as we've seen from previous episodes, Daigo is the only one who actually cares about like animals and small children. Yeah. Where do these guys get off? I think they're talking that like Daigo seems. I think this is like maybe a thing for Daigo's character that he is like super intense and like ready to fight all the time, but also loves animals and small children. And I think maybe maybe they don't know. They don't. They seem pretty selfish a lot of the times. Maybe they just don't know that Daigo works with animals, and that is like a secondary thing that he does in life. I don't know. I mean, Daigo likes small children and animals. Kazu likes babes and leaving his job in the middle of a shift he does not really have any room to talk (laughs) uh so yeah oh no no specifically what they say by the way is so nice not like daigo which again where do these guys get off um and so daigo like starts chatting with kujiku he's like hey what's going on sort of like what's your story and then there's a flashback if you don't remember Listeners, uh, Kujaku is an original member of the Dai tribe, where like the Dai Rangers are all descended from, and she was trapped for six thousand years in the Mirror Master. But we don't know how that happened, or Makeup Mirror, Makeup Mirror Master, right? But we don't actually know how that happened. Yeah, we just and know that she got caught, and that he captured women who like are, look into their yeah. reflections vainly. And so we're actually we're about to find out. We get, there's a flashback and she kind of gives us the whole story or we see the whole story so it flashes back and there's uh you see gara who is one of the goma commanders if you remember that uh or if you don't remember that so you see gara who is one of the goma commanders and she is looking rough she's got like some blood coming out from under her hat she's sort of like limping around the battlefield there's fog everywhere there are okay here's one thing that we were talking about while we were watching it they're just pillars around but they're not they're like they're like (laughs) grecian pillars right these are not pillars that have any origin with any part of the world where they would probably be fighting and so our theory is that according to the makers of the super sentai shows just having a Greek pillar around is shorthand for, hey, this happened a long time ago. Right. <laughs> like, it does not matter where in the world it was. Anywhere Greek that pillars. you were in classical whenever, there was a Grecian pillar. <laughs> there was a mar- like a white marble pillar. Um, can we talk for a second about how crazy it is that that stuff used to be painted? Can you remember like how, being how blown away you were when you found that out? Oh, yeah, that, like, all of the white marble of antiquity was really garishly painted. (laughs) Right. Like, I remember thinking, like, oh, wow, you know, like, Greeks used to be, like, so classy. So austere. So austere and, like, you know, classy. They were literally classy. They were classical. And how did modern Greeks become so, like, sort of garish and loud? Turns out, no, that was always, always the case. You know, that the the Parthenon, or not the Parthenon, the... Uh, yeah, the Parthenon. 
Yeah, yeah, the Parthenon. Sorry, the Pantheon's yeah. in Rome. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, like the Parthenon is painted like bright yellow and like blue with like swirly designs or something. I just remember, I remember being like really disappointed. Like, oh, guys, oh, really? I had so much respect for you. I know. And what's fantastic is that then everybody, like, what we do now is based on, like, this weird, uh, completely inaccurate conception of what things were like back then. Yeah, like, what looks classy now is what a couple of hundred years ago they thought things looked like a couple of thousand years ago. <laughs> right. It's like when uh, it's like when actual design of things being designed is influenced by like what sci-fi writers thought things would look like in the future. Is it, what's the name for that again? You told me about this once. Oh, I do not remember what it is. But okay, yeah, so we it's are getting... like it's when you know it's when Apple makes a new product and it looks like something from the Jetsons. Right. Um, sorry, we are way off topic. Yeah, I was gonna say we have been talking about this for a while, and we are like three minutes into this episode. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we we got to move on. So flashback. There's Greek columns. Gara and Kujaku are like fighting a little bit, but Gara is like looking in a real bad way, and she kind of possums it. She's like, "Oh, I'm so defeated. I need water. Please help." And Kujaku, because like Kujaku is of... like a nice person. Well, yeah, that's nice like her incarnation of the peacock Buddha. Yeah, that's like her thing that she's very kind and. But still, like a master warrior, and so Goddard is like, "Oh, can you please give me some water?" And Kuchiku's like, "Oh, okay." And so she walks over to like a pond, I guess, to get Gara some water. And the whole time, Gara is just talking like, "Oh, Kujaku, I'm not worthy. You're so beautiful and kind. You're truly a goddess." And just is like really going overboard. Yeah, like on with the trowel. And uh, and Kujaku, she sees her reflection in the pond that she's getting water for Gara from and she just can't like she just can't help herself she, she like has this stops. moment she's like yeah i am a beautiful goddess <laughs> right she like lays her hand on her own face like oh and then the trap is sprung because that's when mirror master like he feeds on vanity and so he was waiting in the lake and so he traps her and so that's what happens so we cut back Flashback. to the future and she's Flash like yes forward, this rather. moment of Vanity, and I suffered for 6,000 6, abominable years. years. Um, and, of course, she's very upset about it. Yeah, super, super sad. Oh, uh, Gara does let loose, like, the weakest evil laugh ever. She's just like, ha, 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 Like, no, no passion behind that evil laugh. Just kind of a, like, she was genuinely sort of amused about something, which I think was sort of lame. But anyways. So back so, to the present. Back to the present, they finish chatting, and then Gara shows up. No way. So Gara shows up, and uh, Kujaku is, like, super angry. And so Kujaku starts, like, throwing... She has these, like, peacock feather, um, like, throwing knives, basically. <laughs> she does. Wait, let, let me interrupt you for just a second, Matt. And she does... I love how they illustrate or, like, film her throwing them. Because what happens is, like, she throws them. They go off camera, and then it cuts... And you, you see it twice. Like, the peacock feathers are very clearly just standing still. And the camera just moves past them real quickly. And then it shoot, And then they show that twice. And then you see the peacock feathers, like, fly from off screen to hit whatever they're trying to hit. No, it doesn't even do that. All you see is you see one shot of the tree. 
and then there's like a camera cut. So like <laughs> oh, they had like right. they had taken a so they take some reel of the tree and then they stop recording and they stab the knives into the tree and start recording again. But like the camera, I guess, got moved a little <laughs> bit, just like a tiny, but enough, enough. So like you know, the whole scene just the shifts. knives fly across and land in a tree that has recently moved very slightly to the left. <laughs> and then Gar is there, and then Gar is there, right? And so. Uh, Kujaku is super pissed. She is like, she's like throwing knives, like just a ton of knives. And Daigo actually jumps in the way. Daigo is like, Kujaku, you gotta stop. You're like, you're gonna hit the animals. Because they're still surrounded by all these birds, and Daigo, being Daigo, is really <laughs> right. concerned. And Kujaku is having none of it. This is where we get, this is where the title all of a sudden makes sense. We're like, oh, you really are a vengeful goddess. She like, she cuts, she attacks Daigo, right? Yeah, she throws him, and then she throws some, like, flaming knives at his chest, and he explodes. Well, I mean, there are explosions around him. Yeah, there are him. explosions around him. Uh, yeah, really, like, and basically says, like, back. listen, bro, like, I am super glad that you let me out of that prison, and we've got this whole, like, cheek simpatico thing going on, and that's great, <laughs> but you stay the heck out of my way. I am going to murder that woman. <laughs> Yeah, man, she is having none of it. Um, but then they and then they both like teleport away. Yeah, Gara, like, Gara and both fades like, out, and then Kujiku does the same thing. So then we new scene. We jump to a scene, and it's just some people having a picnic. They're just hanging out, and this is where we're introduced to the uh, Vicomte Cherry Blossom. Yeah. Um, so they're just like hanging out, having a picnic. I would assume it is maybe around, like it's probably a cherry blossom festival picnic. Um, I know that that's like a thing in Japan. And so he, he has like some sort of rage inducing, some sort of like psychotropic, like cherry blossom leaf attack that he like, he throws cherry blossoms or does something with them and people like rage out and they attack each other. And they get weird eye makeup, and they totally freak out. Right, which is, um, if you don't know anything about, I know a tiny bit about Japan. Uh, if you don't know anything about Japan, you know, the Cherry Blossom Festival is like this really nice, like, it's like a time you, like, hang out with your family, and it's, like, really chill, and you go have picnics, and, like, enjoy the beauty of the Cherry Blossoms. And so, it, <laughs> it would be like if, like... It would be like if Santa Claus, there was like a Santa Claus monster and he gave out presents that were filled with hatred. And then, <laughs> and then that was it. I, um, I'm not going to say that there's definitely an episode of a Super Sentai show that does that, but I can't say for certainty that there isn't one. <laughs> there isn't. Just evil hate Santa. It's a de- Actually, I was, uh, I was out the other day. And I had on like a like a like my long pea coat and a hat, and um, and I have a red beard. And um, I was talking to somebody, and they were like, "You look like South Pole Santa Claus," <laughs> which I thought was a great. I thought that was a great descriptor. So, anyways, Cherry Blossom, Cherry Blossom Viscount comes out, and he has like a he's got like a frock coat made out of bark, and then his head is just a. Like a cherry blossom tree with one big eye sitting in the middle of it. It's actually like it's a really cool costume. Okay, yeah. So it's a cool costume, but we're not really going to see it a whole lot because, as I said earlier, he's a real afterthought in the episode. He shows up occasionally so they have somebody to kick. 
But like when it actually comes down to it, this is really an episode that's about uh, Kujaku and Gara and Daigo. So he's making people go crazy in the park. And then we cut to another scene where he is making people go crazy in the city. And that is where the Dire Rangers get called in. So Daigo is back at work, like feeding a lonely animal. His, his aura changer goes off and it just goes like, Daigo! <laughs> like someone on the other end is just shouting at him. So he, so he runs into town and he finds the other Dire Rangers in the middle of a fight. Notices like the weird eye makeup, figures out that they're being mind controlled, and then he says, "Hey, these people are being controlled. So if you can, try not to like, hurt just, them." Yeah, like be cool. Oh, I will. There's something I want to point out real quickly. They totally cheat it. Like they really threw me off for a minute because one of the extras who is like being mind controlled and fighting is wearing like jeans and a white shirt and a red jacket, which of course, you know, that's what Ryu wears. And I was like. So I thought that it was Ryu that was being mind-controlled. Ah. And then it clearly wasn't, but I still felt like you can't... Come on, guys. Like, you can't put someone else in a Die Ranger uniform. It would be like if some other guy showed up in, like, tan overalls and a white and blue <laughs> rugger shirt. Well, and Dave, I mean, we know that there's a lot of people with red jackets around town. Because if Ryu wasn't able to dodge the flying machete in the first episode then this guy would have been next in line to try out. <laughs> good, good point. Okay, so Daigo says, Day, don't hurt him. And then immediately we cut to a shot of Shoji just punching one of them in the face. <laughs> and then he actually, he's like, it's not as easy as it sounds, all right? I've got to punch some guys. And so Daigo looks up on a rooftop and notices that um, Kujaku's up there. Yeah. And she looks down, and she, like, you see, it cuts to her, and she, like, a cherry blossom falls in her hand, and she's like, oh, I know what's going on. And then proceeds to get, like, really brutal. Yeah, she goes uh, aggro immediately. <laughs> okay, because what she does is she has, like, peacock feather daggers, dagger needles, I guess, and she is just throwing them at people. And at first, I thought that it was like, oh, she's going to, it's like a peacock feather. And like with her chi, she's going to like cure them somehow. Yeah, because I actually did look this up because I had no idea what like a peacock Buddha was. And I still don't know what a peacock Buddha is. But I did read that in Buddhism, uh, peacock feathers are used for like purification rituals or something. Okay. So something that like that at least. Sense. That she would be healing these innocent people. But that's not what she's doing. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think she's literally just stabbing them. Because it doesn't show them getting down. better. It just shows them getting hit by a peacock feather and then <laughs> writhing around right. on the ground as it like then, sticks out of them. And then Daigo like jumps in front of one to like save some of the people who were raging out. And nothing happens to him. He just gets stabbed with a peacock feather. So I think I think Kujaku is just, like, murdering innocent people. And then Daigo runs up. Like, he runs up because she's up on a roof. Uh, he, like, runs up the stairs and confronts her. And she's like, Daigo, like, she's super cold about it. She's like, Daigo, you can't have sympathy for people that are being controlled by the Goma. Obviously. Like, I had sympathy 6,000 years ago, and look what happened to me. <laughs> right. I think she actually says, like, a warrior must abandon all sympathy or something like that. Yeah, she is cold as ice. And so 
she says, you know, don't even bother trying to stop me. You're too weak. You have sympathy. I'm out. Right. There's no way you could possibly defeat me right now. So she leaves again. That's basically, that is half of what Kujiku does. Uh, she, it's sort of a third of what she does. Um, she arrives in weird times. She acts enigmatically and she vanishes suddenly. Those are her like big moves. Uh, you know what, man? That sounds a lot like Kaku. Maybe that's just like a die tribe thing. Maybe like members of the die, like nothing ever gets done in the die society. It's all the members are just like randomly showing up, doing something secretive and then disappearing. And there's nobody there to like pick up the trash. Your only hope is that you have sentient trash and it can itself vanish enigmatically. <laughs> and honestly, tribe? everything else has been sentient. We've got a right, flower and a saw and a coin purse. Just to say that your garbage can doesn't just, like, go away somewhere to scheme with its brethren. (laughs) Okay. Um, So they sort of manage to handle that. It's not actually explained how they handle it. They just stop. No, because the the next time we see them, we're back down in Murder Basement HQ, and they're all applying, like, first aid to each other because they just got the crap beaten out of them by a bunch of townspeople. But it's never explained if they actually stop the town people from fighting. They just, they're just they just not there anymore. Uh, and actually, the next scene, which we'll get to in a second, leads me to believe that they did not, in fact, stop the townspeople from fighting. And that they just got, like, they got sick of being hit. And so they just left and let those innocent townspeople murder each other. I don't know. Maybe Kujiku murdered them all before they could do any more damage. <laughs> Dude, that she's on track. Um, so they're in Murder Basement HQ. Like you said, they're all applying, you know, like, whatever to themselves. Solves and uh, like first aid stuff. And uh, Kaku, Sensei Kaku, is just like, just like lounging. Like, he looks real sassy. That's sort of like He's lying got- on your side with, like, your head propped up in your hand. And your one Kinda- knee up with your other leg out. Yeah, a very much like, paint me like one of your French senseis sort of pose <laughs> going on. <laughs> uh... And they are, they're all about to leave. They're like, well, I guess we've got to go deal with this. So everybody gets up, except Kaku. Kaku is still lounging. And they all, the rangers get up to leave, and as Daigo is the last one to get up, and Daigo is sort of walking away, Kaku calls him. He sits up, and he's like, Daigo, wait. Come on back here. Let's powwow. Yeah, and so he basically says, like, uh, he says something kind of useless and enigmatic. He's like, when Kujaku said that you should abandon your sympathy, she was sort of right, but don't totally do it. Which I don't—I have no idea what he was trying to get at. You know, I think what he was getting at was like, uh, like in the Big Lebowski, it's like she's not wrong, Daigo. Like she's just an <laughs> asshole. Like it is—it really is better for a warrior to fight without sympathy. But like, don't do that because then you'll be a jerk. jerk. Okay. It's just a jerk move. Oh, dude, the Big Lebowski is such a good... I don't even remember the last time I've seen that movie. Uh, it's been ages. Dave, we cannot afford another digression I, right now. <laughs> okay, we fair enough. We've got to keep fair enough. on track. All right. Uh, okay, good point. Good. We really... We should not digress again. Moving on. Okay, so moving along. Um, we cut back to the park where the Cherry Blossom V-Count is. And he's still making the people go crazy. They're still fighting. I think it's actually I think it's actually the same people from earlier in the episode are fighting. Like I think I seem to recognize some of the same clothes. 
Which means that either these people are like all terrible fighters and they haven't managed to knock each other out yet, or amazing fighters. Yeah, and they're just like taking hits. Yeah, it's like Jet Li at the end of the one. Dang. Another good movie. And another conversation that we cannot afford to get into right now. I should just start keeping <laughs> notes of other things that we should talk about. I should. And one of these um, days, just have our five stars be the things that we didn't talk about last week. Okay, so Big Lebowski in the one so far. Uh, okay, so it's I think it's again, it's the same people fighting. Kujaku shows up, sees the Cherry Blossom Viscount, is about to throw down with him, and then... Gara either was already there or she teleports in. I actually don't remember which. And in any case, any fight that Kujiku was going to have with the Cherry Blossom Viscount is gone. Now Kujiku is fighting Gara, and that is what's happening. And they're going back and forth and, you know, basically doing what they were doing before. Um, Right. Kujiku has some daggers. Gara has a sword. They've Which both got chi powers that they're throwing things around. Gara like vomits a bunch of fire onto Kujiku. Yeah, did not see that one coming. That actually looked fairly cool. Uh, Kujiku does her uh, was it secret peacock fan technique where she like transforms into a like a energy phoenix or something and like flies over and like claws at Gara. It actually it's pretty neat looking. Yeah, it's a cool fight. Um and then the Dairangers show up, and since Gara and Kujiku are busy with the A story of this episode, they get busy with the B story <laughs> and they just fight the uh the V Count for a while. Dude, it's not even they. Like they show up and I'm not sure what the other Rangers are doing. Maybe fighting Kotoro Potoro. But Daigo pretty much solos this dude. Like he just shows up and uh and just beat you know, layeth the smack down, as as the rock might say. Um, yeah, he hits him a oh, bunch with his was... staff. The the there's a little bit where like the Vicon steals the staff and is using it to attack Daigo, and then Daigo uses like a secret kung fu technique called. Uh, let's see, I have it written down here, right somewhere. While you're looking that up, Matt, there is one thing that I want to point out is that apparently the die the die rods, like their bow staves that they all have, they all have their own little like pole arm attachment to it like last episode we saw daigo or two episodes no yeah last episode we saw daigo and he had like the the arrowhead on his but you see some other ones and somebody's got like a mace on there and like a, a sword or not a sword blade but like a spear blade or something so that's just another little little moment of like customization for the rangers which i thought was pretty neat yeah it is cool um and so daigo's staff gets stolen and then he did you did you find the name of the yeah, it's called it's like the empty, empty innocence technique. There you go. And, it's, and this is... It's, sorry, no, no, sorry, go ahead. It's basically ahead. just like a crazy dodging technique. Um, you but, empty your mind and are able to avoid all the attacks. But this is the first time, I think in the entire show, where we've had exposition where it's actually necessary. That, like, he does empty... What is it called? Empty innocence? Empty innocent empty mind or something? Yeah, something right? like that. So he does the innocent empty mind, and we have no idea because he's just standing there. And then the narrator cuts in and is like, innocent empty mind is a technique whereby you empty your mind and you can dodge all attacks. I'm not really sure why that works, but it does. <laughs> but it was really exciting because I was like, oh, oh, fantastic. There's some exp- – I didn't know what that was about to do. Thank you very everything much. Everything else – yeah, thanks, narrator, who has never been useful before. You're not just explaining what a fireball is anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Daigo does that. He gets his staff back. Uh, he does another secret technique called the uh, the peacock cut, which, man, I don't know. I guess he does peacock things now. I know he Dude, has know. identical chi to... Kujaku, so maybe, maybe he just, he's got like special peacock chi or something. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he like taps into Kujaku's. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. The it doesn't even blows it doesn't up. seem particularly peacocky. There's no like fan of rainbow colors or something. He just spins around and he hits him. I thought it was kind of a. As far as special techniques go, not that cool. It wasn't the strongest thing that Daigo's ever done. It certainly wasn't as cool as the exploding phantom door. Absolutely not. That I think that's the best thing Daigo's done. And so um, he beats the Vicant, and the other Rangers walk over like, "Hey, good job." Like, the Vicant at this point is completely forgotten and abandoned for a few seconds until he pulls out an enlarging bomb, sort of like I'm to break here, up their jerks. conversation. Yeah, he's just—it's very much like I'm still here, jerks. Move, and then he uses the enlarging bomb, and then he yeah, and he then enlarges. the next two minutes of the episode proceed exactly how you think they would. Yeah, not kind of a boring fight. You know, he gets like, big, they get robots, the robots join up, there's a sword, there's an explosion. Like, everything goes of, back to normal. Right, end of Cherry Blossom by Cup. There actually is, there's one thing I think is really neat about, and I don't know how common this is to the other shows, having only seen a handful of them myself, but, like, I like that the robots don't combine to create, like, the big one, I like that the other ones sort of act as armor for the one. I just think that's a neat, I don't know, it's like a neat take on the whole idea. Yeah, that's one of those things that really varies series to series. Like, even in uh, Ranger, um, like, the the Megazord, or Daijujin, as he was called in Ranger, was sort of a combination of the both, if you remember, because, like, his breastplate was made oh, out of the pterodactyl. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. like... His, His legs were each are the, the other thing, like the saber-toothed tiger and the triceratops. Right. And the mammoth makes his arms, which makes sense because he's just got like tiny baby T-Rex arms. Yeah. And so a lot of times what will happen is there'll be like one base one that sort of builds around it. But it sort of varies depending on no, no, no. I the do. configuration. Well, I mean, that's, like, that's Voltron style, man. You know, because what is it? It's the black, the black lion is the main one. And then the other ones are. Yeah. Well, right? he forms the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I guess I, that makes sense that they just say head because I feel like it would be unwieldy. He'd be like, "I'll form the I'll head, form and, the torso. head and torso, and for and upper arms and thighs, and you guys got everything." Else. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then as it goes on into later years, there are like, oh, dude, did I tell you that in Shinkenger, which is the samurai one, there okay. are like, we watched like an episode of that, right? Yeah, just, I showed like, you the first out. episode of that. Yeah, there that, are we need to think of a, like thirteen. We need to think of a pun for that show because I want to watch it. There are like Sorry, thirteen ahead. to fifteen different robots in that show, and they make like ten different combinations or something crazy. What? Ah, uh, yeah, we definitely need to find a t- pun for that show. That sounds pretty cool. Actually, I don't. Should we watch that show? That just sounds legitimately cool. That's the problem with the more recent ones. Is on that, that like they don't? They're not quite absurd enough, just because they're not. Old, you know, like part yeah, of the joy no, of Die Ranger and Zoo Ranger and Car Ranger and Mega Ranger and stuff is that they're all from like the early '90s, and so they're all this sort of like weird, dated television yeah. on top of being the weird Sentai stuff. Yeah, this de- what is it, Kai Ranger or the uh, Shinkenger Samurai Shinkenger, Sentai Shinkenger? That, 
No, that legitimately sounds like a cool show. Dude, I feel like Shin I would just actually watch rad. that. <laughs> Dude, I listen, man. I we can I know that we this entire podcast is built on the premise of kind of ripping on this show. I do genuinely love shows of this nature. Like Oh yeah, I, I mean listen, into Power Rangers as a kid. Like I am watching this show for the second time and a lot of times I'll end up watching the episode more than once for us to do these. Like so by the time that we get done with this, I will have watched Die Ranger at least two, possibly three times. Like I like the shows. But no, they mean, are you know, like one hundred percent bananas foster. <laughs> You know, I've never had Bananas Foster. Um, <laughs> okay. Which is not... That will be again, a later star. not a conversation we need to have, but I just have never had it. Uh, okay, so we cut we cut back, um, and what we just see is we see... So the, everything is done. Like, that's kind of the... That's the action-oriented end. And then we cut to a scene, we see Daigo, and he is looking at a picture... Of, like, the Peacock Buddha, I guess? Yeah, it's actually, um, we forgot to mention it earlier, but there is, I couldn't tell if it was, like, a temple or a museum or, like, an office I... building. There is a room somewhere with a scroll painting of some sort of Peacock Buddha thing that uh, very... uh, Kujiku went to go visit earlier in the episode. And now Daigo is there. Like... It looks like a museum to me. I don't. It doesn't have like a temple-y feel to me. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is, but it it looks to me like a museum. But yeah, no. Daigo is there, and so he's looking at the thing, and uh, and he's sort of he using it as a like, way to like channel his chi yeah, to be able I to guess. talk to Kujiku, which he does, which he actually manages to do. He sort of like chi because he's like I don't know. They're like chi bonded, I guess, is the idea. Yeah, but here's the weird thing: like we saw Kujiku leave earlier. But we didn't see her, like, vanish into the ether. And him... Yeah, we have no idea what's happening with her. And, like, the way that he's talking to her makes it sound like she's back, like, entrapped somewhere. But she isn't. Like, she just left. He could have gone and found her. Yeah, like, she is just... We have no way... Well, I don't know. Maybe he can't, because we don't know where she is. She's just, like... She's not there. Um, But she feels real bad. She's, like... Daigo. No, she only feels partially bad. Like, she is sorry, but she does not seem willing to change her, like, vengeful ways. Oh, yeah, no, that's a good point. She is absolutely 100% so out for revenge. Um, and I feel like there's a lot... I feel like there's a lot going on, like, behind the scenes, like, in maybe in Daigo's head, or I feel like maybe there were scenes that were supposed to be there that weren't. Because Daigo seems real invested. Like, he is... Oh but yeah, he's, he's really like in love with this. with this girl. Having met her once, twice maybe. Yeah. And and going forward, this is going to be how a lot of the Daigo episodes go. A lot of the Daigo episodes are going to center on like whenever Kujiku comes back into town. Oh, no way. Okay. And so she I guess that makes sense. Yeah, she is going to be like not a regular character, but like a recurring character. Yeah, it seems a little it just seems like a little railroaded. They're like, here is his thing. And we're like, I did not pick that up at all, but right on. A lot of the Rangers, like I mentioned, I, uh, I think I mentioned it one or two episodes ago. A lot of the Rangers are going to get sort of like specific, either like allies or nemeses that like whenever it's their episode, it's going to focus on them. Oh, uh, no. That's, and Kujiku that is sense. that for Daigo. Yeah, you just want to have like a little, 
you got to have like a supporting cast. That makes a lot of sense. And it's cool because um, it really goes a long way to making it feel like all the Rangers are sort of equally important. Right on. Which is something you um, don't get in his, in all of the other shows. Like in Zhu Ranger, like, you know, if you're not the Red Ranger, like, get out of here. Okay. Like, no one right really on. cares that much about Dan and Boy and Goshi. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Boy. Um... All right, so that's the end, man. That's yep, it. That's that is the, it. That's all we got this episode. So do you have any final thoughts on the episode? Well, I mean, there's, you know, high points, low points. What do you got? Well, okay. Uh, high point for me was uh, was Peacock throwing daggers. I thought it was A, a fun idea, and B, hilariously executed. Oh, yeah. That was my high point. That's actually kind of subbed in as my high point and my low point as I think about it. Like, the existence of them was the high point, and the execution was the low point. <laughs> right. Like the, like, the shifting tree with daggers already in it, that was my low point. But the idea of, like, a peacock-themed fighter having, like, peacock-throwing daggers, I thought that was actually pretty neat. Uh, my high point is, anytime that there's a Kujaku episode, I just need to start keeping a counter, because... The, like half the dialogue of the episode is just Daigo yelling her name over and over and over and over again. <laughs> You're right. I did not notice Kujaku. that. Are. Kujaku. You're totally right. Oh, Kujaku. Kujaku. It's just the entire thing. And <laughs> as does. it goes progressively further, it just tickles me more and more. He only ever says like three things to her. And most of those are like stop, do- stop attacking innocent people or stop you'll hurt the animals. You know, he's he's a very simple man, Daigo is. <laughs> I guess. He only has a few things that he wants. He wants uh, animals to be safe. Uh, he wants to say Kujaku's name. And I think that's about it. Punch dudes. Punching dudes. Oh, punching dudes, yeah. Yeah, lots of punching. Um, okay, so that's, man, that's all I got on this episode. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, that is going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die, Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you that you can email us at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to give me updates on future episodes or just uh, talk to us on Twitter, uh, you can do that because that's where we are. Uh, we're at the Super Sentai Brothers. Uh, if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps people find the show. Again, thank you for listening to the Super Sentai Brothers. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. Kujaku. Miigotara Kenpo da.